Welcome back to the podcast. This is Charlotte, creative and technical director here at Evidence for Faith. And since it is Friday, we are alternating to our second series in the podcast, which is Keep the Fires Burning. Now, Michael will be introducing that today, so I'm not going to spoil it for you. But before we jump into it, I need to do a little bit of promotion for our 2023 Israel trip. In January of 2023, Michael Lane and I and archaeologist Dr. Stephen Notley will be taking a group of people to go visit the archaeological and biblical sites in Israel. So if you're really interested in seeing the Bible come to life and seeing these sites where this history really happened, get on this trip. You can get more information at evidenceforfaith.org slash 2023 Israel, or you can click in the link in the description or just click on the events tab. And as always, this broadcast is supported by listeners just like you. If you'd like to help support this broadcast and become a donor, you can do so at evidenceforfaith.org slash give. That's evidence, the number four, faith.org slash give. And without further ado, here is Michael Lane in Keep the Fires Burning. Welcome to Evidence for Faith. This is your host, Michael Lane, and I'm starting off a new series for you. And this is a series that I'm calling the Keep the Fires Burning. Keep the Fires Burning. What it is, it's minor characters from the Bible, but major lessons that they teach us. And this will be a fascinating lesson. Uh, There's 20-something lessons overall that are being in here. I'm just doing an introduction here to give you a little insight of what this is like. Um, I've always wondered why, uh, like a question I've had in the back of my mind when I read the Bible, why did God choose so many lesser-known characters and they're little short stories. Why are those included in the Bible? Uh, short stories in, uh, inside major events in some cases, and sometimes little people mentioned in the middle of major characters. And the thing is, they can teach us so many familiar lessons. I mean, we, we study major Bible characters and stuff, as, even as children, bedtime stories or uh, in Sunday school and things. But a lot of times we sort of like uh, just pass over or just um, skim over these minor characters. And why is that? Why, why did God give us these characters? Um, it almost seems at times that, that God is like digressing a bit in his word when he's telling us a story. Not only that, but when, but why does God go into the, to the specific examples? I mean, why does he go into such seemingly non-important details in telling us a story and about these biblical heroes and stuff? I suspect that one of the major reasons is that these lesser known characters actually are a lot like us. Mm-hmm. And God uses their seemingly trivial stories into major lessons that can impact our lives in a fundamental and vital way. Oh, there's all sorts of characters. Um, I've come across in my life, oh my gosh, God has put in, in my path of life so many different types of characters. Um, and I've, now that I'm, I'm no longer a teacher uh, in a public school or um or running a nature center or something like this as I've been doing, I sometimes find myself sitting back and thinking often of some of these characters going back that I've worked with, I've taught with, um, and who I have taught as students. Uh, some of them I will, I'm just, there's no way possible I will ever forget them. I still keep in contact with a number of my students from different schools that I have taught and uh, from 
different camps and stuff that I've worked at. As a school teacher, I've had some students that have been absolutely brilliant. Just no other way to describe them. Absolutely brilliant. Others have been extremely funny, um, hilarious, uh, definitely class clowns. Some have been very quiet. Uh, if you didn't look carefully, you might not even see them sitting in the classroom. Those are the ones I always had the hardest time trying to get information from. Uh, others, just the opposite. They're so loud, you almost wish, oh my gosh, I wish I could take a cork stopper and just shove in their mouth. Um, some were so distracting. I think their purpose in, in the classroom was, how much can I get the teacher off subject today? Um, a few have been just plain weird. I've had some bizarre ones. Um, I had people, I remember one time a guy had a new student coming into the school. He was dressed all in black. He had a long jet black hair. I know he had died because his complexion was so fair um, and it was just black like coal. Yet he had the whitest skin and he wore the strangest contacts, um, black fingernails, and he wore a, um, uh, like an, a dark leather uh, black leather trench coat, and he had chains and tattoos and everything. Definitely a strange person, calling attention to himself by his physical appearance. But actually, he ended up being one of the um, nicest students I ever had. Um, I mean, we have some really strange ones. We've had some that have been a real challenge. Oh my gosh, I've had some that I literally wanted, though I never did, wanted to duck, just duct hair, uh, duct tape to a chair. Um, I had others that played practical jokes. Um, when I was teaching microbiology one year, I had a student who, uh, we had soap dispensers at each one of the lab tables because we're working with bacteria and we're staining bacteria because to look at them on a microscope, you have to stain them. Plus there's many stains that we do that are differential stains that will tell you what type of bacteria or something that you have. Also there are some are structural dyes and uh, staining procedures that we would use. So we used a lot of stains. Most of them um, just, they're permanent. Uh, as one student found out one day, he came into a classroom, into my lab, and he had a pair of white, brand new white, very, very expensive tennis shoes. And he came up to me as soon as he came in and showed me, oh, look at my shoes. I spent, you know, so much, so over a hundred dollars on these shoes. And um, I was like, yeah, that's really nice. Um, cute. And in that class, um, back in those days, we had everybody wear an apron that was, um, like liquid resistant, not just water, oils and everything were resistant to protect their clothes. And he was wearing one. And as he was doing his experiment that day, one of his labs with stains, he knocked a whole bottle of an, an entire bottle of stain onto his lap as he's sitting in his desk chair. But the apron protected his his clothes, but the stain, the crease made between his legs um, of the apron as it went down, uh, poured right onto one of his feet. And so it was a bright purple stain called crystal violet and a very br brilliant violet color. And his white shoe turned totally purple. And uh, um, he came up to me and he goes, now, how do I fix this? And I go, that's a permanent stain. You're not getting that out of those shoes. And you could take a little alcohol or something, try washing them in alcohol, but that's still, you're not going to get all that out. It's That's a permanent stain. And so his solution was, without my knowing it, he um, intentionally uh, painted the other shoe um, 
the same color with the same stain. So now he had two purple shoes instead of white. It's just, I mean, we've had some very interesting characters. Um, some have been a, a, a real challenge to teach. Others have just had a hunger for learning. It's like, oh, just just fill up my head. Give me as much information as possible. Those are the dreams that teachers want. Um, just, just keep feeding me more and more. Um, I had one student whose uh, name was um, Elwood. I'll never forget him. He was a very unforgettable character. He was one I just couldn't ever get him to be quiet. Um, he was always talking, all the time. Yet he was such a fun guy in class, had a lot of fun with him. I had another person who I remember in teaching one year who had uh, petty mall seizures. And though I was never informed of that, but the first time it happened, it sort of caught me off guard because she just got up out of her chair, stepped up on top of her chair, then onto the lab table, had her eyes closed and just put her arms out. And she just sort of stood there and... No movement, nothing strange. She just sort of stood there with her arms sort of out. I had no idea what was going on. I took her by the wrist and gently led her back to her chair. She sat down, and um, uh, a few moments later, her eyes opened, and she was like right back what she was doing. And I asked her, like, what's going on? And she said, what do you mean? And she had no idea of it. She had no memory of, of what had happened. So I called the parents um, and found out that, yeah, she had a... Um, um, a problem with epilepsy, and that was the type of seizure. So you get some really interesting things, uh, interesting people. Um, like I said, we get some really mischievous ones. I remember a student one time when we were doing a dissection of fetal pigs back in a biology course, where a uh, biology two course, where a student, I did not know this, they were collecting the parts of their pig. And um, they put them in a bag and put it in their backpack and, and took them home. And that night, he was sort of mad, I guess, with his mom and he came into the kitchen trying to uh, you know like very apologetic it was to the mom about how he had behaved earlier that day when he left and said I'll help you out I'll make the salads and as what he did he um, he spiked her salad he put all these pig parts at the bottom of his mother's bowl and then put the lettuce and everything over the top of it and served uh, and mom thought you know like wow he's really come around and he's apologized wow he's really growing and while they were eating the meal had no idea he's just sitting there innocent throughout the whole thing and all of a sudden the mom after most of the lettuce has been consumed looks down at the bottom and sees what are these things and here was a pig snout sitting there well very quickly i get a phone call um but i'm not the one who did it but yeah you get some really interesting people um <laughs> I had a couple of students that were very strange trying to get drunk one time when they found out uh, this was in uh, middle school and when I was teaching science and two girls decided like, ooh, wow, uh, mouthwash, um, Mr. Lane says mouthwash has alcohol in it. So after school, they took their money and went to a, um, the grocery store and bought two bottles of mouthwash, um, licking on the bottom and, and the ingredients and seeing alcohol. And they thought, oh, wow. We can get drunk on this. And they went out behind the, their garage and each one drank the entire bottle of mouthwash. And <laughs> they were so sick, um, parents ended up taking them to the hospital, um, not knowing exactly what had happened. While they were there, it came out. And um, not just the mouthwash came out. They came out and told what they had done and stuff. But, uh, yeah, we've had some interesting. And I've had others that have just been so brilliant. They won science competitions. One student I had one year. 
uh, was in a class called Research in Science in high school, and she performed a task uh, of research that some university professors um, and their staffs were working on, and she was the first to do it using um, these type of plants that are called fast Wisconsin fast plants, Brassica, Brassica rapa. And she did an experiment on, with them that, like I say, she was the first one in the world to do it. And so that was quite a thing. So we, you find some really interesting things. You know, you meet different type of people, and each person you come across, you can learn something from them. And God's Word is like this. I think God is, has let us meet a lot of different people, but going back to his Word, he has put so many different Bible characters in, in his Word. And we Christians must daily remind ourselves that the one, uh, one of the attributes of God is that he is omniscient. Well, now that's that's a fancy word we we talk about when we're talking about the character of God, and it just means omniscient means well taken from the Latin word omnis, which means all. Omnis just simply means all, and um, sentia, which we get the word science from, but sentia means knowledge. So all knowledge. Thus, God has all knowledge. That's one reason He is God, is He knows everything before and after. Um, so God has all knowledge, and he knows everything, past, present, future. I mean, even before he created the world in the book of Genesis 1, he knew everyone who was going to live upon this planet and what they were going to do. Um, he knew them all. I mean, it, it wasn't like God created and then just stood back and watched to see, ooh, what's going to happen with this experiment? I mean, I've had labs like that where when I was a kid just pouring chemicals into test tubes and stuff like this. Matter of fact, one time I took my um, I, I went around, I was in fifth grade, I remember, I took my sister Carol's chemistry set out into the garage. It was in the summertime. And I went around the block on my bicycle inviting all sorts of people to come over and watch me do experiments. And they could come in for a quarter. Yeah, I was quite the entrepreneur here. But um, they paid me. I ended up with about 20 kids or so paying me a quarter. They came in there, and they I had chairs, lawn chairs, and benches and stuff set up, and they all sat in there. We had the doors closed because I didn't want my my siblings and um, <laughs> my my uh, brother and who was in charge at that time because my parents were at work to know what I was doing. And I just started pouring chemicals together in test tubes and watched them change color, and every now and then something would happen, you know, some little color change, and ooh, everybody would be really, you know, it's just, wow, that's really impressive. I had no idea what I was adding. Uh, I was just in fifth grade, and all of a sudden, the, um, I was pouring things into a flask, and it got really hot that I couldn't hold it, and I set it down, and um, it started to, like, bubble, and stupidly, I put a stopper on it, a rubber stopper, and I just slammed that thing on, kept holding it down and, sh and shoving it as hard as I could. And then luckily, um, I sort of stepped back because it was just doing all sorts of chemical reactions in there. I have no idea what I added in there. But all of a sudden, the thing just shattered and exploded. Uh, glass went flying everywhere. It's a miracle. No one got cut, even myself. None of us got cut. But it did blow a hole. The stopper went up and blew a hole through the ceiling of our garage. Um, and... Yeah, my dad never really understood and never noticed um, what it was. I never got questioned by anybody by that. And even my sister Carol never asked me what happened to all of her chemicals in her chemistry set. So um, it's, God wasn't like that. He just doesn't, you know, pour pour a bunch of creation together, stir the pot, and then stand back and like, well, let's see what happens here. You know, it, it, though I've known 
science people to do that kind of thing sometimes. But anyway, he, he knows everything, past, present, and future. And, um, and, and God is sovereign. And nothing catches God by surprise. I wish more Christians, we would realize this. Even at times, I forget it myself. Nothing catches God by surprise. I believe it was Chuck Swindoll who, and I was listening to a broadcast of his years ago, he, he said a statement that I wrote down and kept it on my computer screen for years that that goes like this. Nothing will happen to me today that first doesn't pass through the fingers of God. I love that. Nothing is going to happen to me today that first doesn't pass through the fingers of God. God doesn't get caught by surprise. He just doesn't. He also is a God of planning. I mean, just look at nature. He's organized. Everything he does, he is all, all of his creation, everything is very, very organized. He has a plan. So when God blessed the Hebrew nation, chose them, selected them to be the people through whom he would reveal himself and his word and who his Messiah would come through, he gave them, who gave us, the lessons that we learn today that we call the Bible, the word. And we can learn a lot from these lessons. Well, for instance, in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, we read, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. Now, that's out of the English Standard Version, as we'll be using throughout this series that we'll be doing here mostly, unless I tell you otherwise. But that's an amazing thing, because this verse is telling us that Scripture has many uses. It's just not like a, a, a religious novel. There's many uses of Scripture, one of which, as it's stated, is for teaching. Another is for convictions. Another is for corrections. And also it said training. You see, I believe that God gave us um, not—he didn't just give us biblical stories— that we can use to tell our kids when they go to sleep at night or anything like that. He gave us these stories because they're learning devices. His word is learning device. And he laced his word with all different types of lessons and so that he can utilize and construct changes in us to make us more holy and more acceptable to him. As John 10.10 says, that Jesus came, who is God, came to give us an abundant life. He gave us a blueprint on how to live, and it's the scriptures. Now, I'm not trying to say that all of these lessons, please understand, I'm not saying that all the lessons that I'm about to do here, 20-something lessons on minor biblical characters, um, and, and I'm going to give you a reason, a, a lesson that I I have learned from the Holy Spirit in, in studying these, that, I, that, that these are not the only way of looking at the stories. No way. Um, the following stories are found throughout the Bible, and the Holy Spirit can employ those stories to teach different individuals a whole vast array of practical life lessons. I'm just simply going to be going through these series, um, giving you what at the time when I wrote this seemed logical to me about some of these lesser known characters and what we can apply to our life to live a more abundant life, but also a more fulfilled life and a better life. And and most importantly, how to keep our relationship with God going strong. I believe these minor characters that we're going to be doing um, are very good at this. And I think that's one of the reasons God gave us these. So we're going to focus on that. Um, 
I have learned a lot of things. I'm 64 years old as I'm re- making this recording. Uh, I've learned a lot of lessons the hard way. Um, I've learned some directly from the Bible. I've also got the um, a lot of lessons I've learned just through experience. And many personal stories I'll be sharing throughout these uh, series, uh, these different biblical characters. I'll be telling you a lot of different stories that... Um, that I hope are just not going to be insignificant lore, but that you, the listener, uh, will be able to grow spiritually from them. Um, not by my actions, because many times I mess up, but what the Holy Spirit teaches. That's what I'm hoping. So that's the purpose of this study, is to help you to grow in your relationship with our holy God. And if God can use any of these lesser-known people these lesser-known biblical characters, these examples to help you, it again just shows how grace, how much, how full of grace and mercy he truly is. And so for that, I'm dedicating this series to him because he deserves honor, glory, power, and praise. So tune in, listen to this series as we'll be putting them out, and I hope you gain something from it. And as always, if you have comments or questions, we would love to hear uh, from you. You can contact us through evidenceforfaith.org, our website, um, and you can listen to these podcasts, you know, in in a very uh, many different ways uh, on the internet and stuff. Maybe you're going to work or you're at work or you're just sitting around um, just relaxing in a hammock. Uh, sitting on the sun, I don't know, but I hope that you will gain something from this. And also, if if this does help, we'd like I say, we would love to hear from you. And always, we're we're looking for people to help us in our ministry because everything that we do is for free. So if God ever puts it upon your heart, um, and you become in a situation where you could to to help sponsor us um, and join our team. Uh, through prayer and also through through support, financial support, because this does cost money to do this. We greatly appreciate it. But the most important part is that you grow spiritually. That's what we're after. So thank you for joining me in this. And we're just going to, I'm going to close in prayer on this one. And as I say, this is just the introduction. And the next lesson, we start getting into these and they're going to be so much fun. But Lord, I come before you now and I just pray that you will use this series and you will help us uh, all who are listening, myself included, to learn from your word on ways that we can deepen our relationship and keep the fire burning. Um, this desire that we have to draw closer to you and and help us, Lord, in using your word and these characters that you've told us about to find what kind of meaning that your spirit can use to help us to grow closer to you. And we pray this in the name of Jesus that you will impact people as we go through this. In his name and for your honor and glory, amen. Thanks for tuning in, and thank you to our donors who make this program possible. Evidence for Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry based in the USA. You can support this broadcast by donating online using the links in the description. And don't forget to leave us a comment, a review, likes, and shares to feed the algorithm and help others find this content. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.